This is How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. Where we teach you the skills you need to go from your living room to the main event. What's up, guys? Welcome back to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. I'm Coach John. I'm here with a very cool topic this week. And as always, I'm sitting with Aaron. Aaron, what's going on, man? Hey, John. Excited to be here again. I say it every week, but I'm always pumped to get these episodes recorded. And I love this topic. Um, I think it's going to help a lot of these young guys getting started. Um, So, yeah, man, let's get fill them in and let's get going. Let's dive into it. Okay, guys, today we're going to talk about how to spot a bad pro wrestling trainer. And they do exist, guys. So the first step towards becoming a pro wrestler is finding a coach who can guide you in the right direction to achieve that dream. But how do you know if a coach is worth your time and, more importantly, your money? All right, so before we get started, guys, I want you to head on over to Instagram and Facebook. All you got to do is type in at How to Become a Pro Wrestler. You'll find us on there. Follow us for all the updates you need on when and where we're going to drop podcasts or any kind of special projects we have going on in the future. All right, guys, so unfortunately, in a world of coaches, there are plenty that are bad. So for many aspiring pro wrestlers, it takes months or years of saving money and planning on maybe travel or to get to wherever you need to be to afford a pro wrestling school. And today, we're going to lay out the warning signs to help you spot a bad coach so hopefully your time and your money does not go to waste. Okay? So we're going to jump right into it with one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to coaching, when it comes to training people as a professional wrestling trainer or training coach. Zero plan. Yeah. So they have nothing planned for you. Um, like I said, this is one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to wrestling training. Zero planning. All right. So too often I've witnessed excited young men and women show up for training and get met with a trainer who's sipping an energy drink, half paying attention, looks at all his students and goes, uh, let's, uh, let's work on, uh, uh, let's do bumps. Let's do bumps today. We'll do bumps. Okay, so he had nothing planned for them. Maybe he had some options in the back of his mind. He didn't seem ready at all. He wasn't eager. You know, I guess not everyone has to take it to the extreme that maybe I do sometimes, but if I'm coaching a group of people or even a single person, when they show up, I'm ready to go. They are my focus that day. So when they walk through the door, I'm greeting them. I'm ready to rock. I want to go, okay? I have everything planned. I want to maximize my minutes because this is my job, right? Like, I want to get this done within the time limit that they've, you know, they've paid for service, number one, but also they've devoted time of their day, and I am devoting time of my day, so I want it to be quality. So I'm not just sipping an energy drink in the corner and not even paying attention to them when they roll in. I'm waiting at the door for them to come in. Yeah. So, you know, that, I'm not saying you have to be that extreme, but you do need to give them your attention, especially when it's their time that you've designated they need to be there to train. So a good trainer will have a plan written and ready for you to execute every single time. Yeah, and you mentioned yeah. a while ago, you know, training is expensive. So Absolutely. either whether you're hiring a personal trainer, yep. a pro wrestler trainer that we're talking about here, sure. a strength coach, whatever. So, you know, they it can be expensive. Oh, and, what, yeah. what, and me and you have talked about this before, yeah. but, you know, sometimes people see that price, like, oh, man, that's a lot. And sure. they think it's just the hour that you're training. Right, right, right. A yeah, good yeah. coach no, yeah. is you're paying for them to write the programming Absolutely. outside of it. So if you show up, 
and you're paying a lot of money and yep. they don't know what's going on, he's not doing, or yep. he or she is not doing their job oh, yeah. of actually writing the program and they're not worth yeah, that high price point. Yeah, because well, I mean, you may sure. spend, you know, you may spend two, three, four hours writing, you know, a, a 12 week plan or a nine week plan or whatever, Absolutely. you know, you have going. So that's the majority of my time. Like yeah. I, my, my life is spent training people, be it for wrestling or be it for just fitness in general or, or strength or whatever. And the majority of my time is spent at a laptop, spent at a computer. And um, if I if I work with someone for one hour, that probably means I've put two to three hours in on that particular person on my computer. Yeah. And that's everyone. So yeah. if I have 10 clients, that's 30 hours on the computer. You know what I mean? Like that's, that is where we spend the majority of our time. So if you have a coach that's not, that doesn't have a plan ready for you. So if, if you sign up for pro wrestling training and, and they tell you, you know, this is gonna be 12 week course, 16 week course, whatever, I'm a firm believer that that course should be written out. Yeah. And now, you know, maybe it's just a skeleton, maybe it's just an outline mm -hmm. of what can do, because uh, you know, a good coach has the plan ready. A great coach, a great trainer, a great pro wrestling trainer can pivot if he needs to, make adjustments as he needs to as you go. So I always say write it in pencil. You know, you, you write the training program in pencil, that way if you need to erase and adjust and change things and plan, if you plan to spend you know, three sessions on doing the back bumps or the front forward rolls or the arm drag rolls or whatever it is in the ring, and you realize that on the third session they don't have that down, it's probably time to pivot yeah. and spend another session or figure out what you need to do to get them to understand that. So you always write it in pencil, like I'm saying, just in case you have to change things up, whatnot, be it based on how they're learning or, mm -hmm. or, or injury or anything like that. So. Yeah, and a pro wrestling yeah. trainer, it, this is a team sport. For you sure. Know? I mean, you're doing it individually, but Absolutely. it's a team sport. You're oh, going to yeah. work out in a group or train in a group. Yep. So a good coach would also have, he would have the plan done, yeah. but he would also have modifications. Say like, oh, man, like, you know, Jimmy's here on his role, yep. you know, and Mark's here, and this is the, you know, progression that I need them at. Yes. So I know whenever we get to this point, he's doing this, he's doing this, and he's doing this. All working on the same thing, right. but everyone may be in a different spot. And if you're all just doing this exact same thing, yep. no matter if you were in yeah, your yeah. two weeks or a week or where you've been at, not, right. not good. No, absolutely. So... So let me, let me hammer this point home, guys. I mean, you cannot properly coach and track progress without a sound plan. So one of the absolute main reasons that Aaron and I even started this company at all, one of the number one first things we wrote down on a piece of paper to decide why we needed this company to even exist is the fact that there is no quality standard of pro wrestling programming across the board. No school, you know, no schools alike, and I get that. No strength coaches alike either. But there's no real standards out there. For progression so creating those standards and 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 stressing to other coaches out there that there needs to be a a standard by which we have to judge people and by which we have to train people and a, an outline a skeleton or whatever of programming is something that i'm very passionate about um it'll help in the long run i think all pro wrestling coaches but i really 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 want to stress to you guys right now that if you are going to a school if you're just getting started with a coach or, or if you're doing a trial or whatever and you're realizing that they never have anything planned for you, if it's always last minute, if it's always them, you know, riding on a dry race board or a chalkboard or, or, or whatever, and, and they're, they're not figuring it out, you know, until you walk through the doors, you've got some issues there, guys. You may want to think about where you're spending your money. Okay, yeah. so you, you really keep those things. You have every minute, yeah. every second planned. Absolutely. Ready to go for you, for the service that they're supposed to provide to you. All right, guys, so I'm going to move on. 
from that one. So I want you to, you know, one thing to always look for is the zero planning of your coach. But next, this one's a little more, you know, dialed in, I guess you could say, but I wanted to make it a bullet point because I just see it so much. And that's, is your coach always on their phone? How much is your coach on their phone while you're in the ring doing things? A coach that, let me, let me try to kind of describe what I'm talking about, but like, if a coach says, okay, it's time to work on your roles, it's time to work on your forward roles, and you get in the ring and you just start rolling and rolling, and he just says, I'll keep going, we're gonna do this for 20 minutes, whatever, okay. And you're just rolling and you keep looking up and noticing he's not even paying attention to you. He's on his phone, um, he's talking to someone else, whatever, his head's somewhere completely else. I mean, there are things that we have to measure and track on the forward roll, every aspect of pro wrestling training, we have to see these things, track the progress of them. So if he's not paying attention at all on his phone, whatnot, now, I mean, I understand because I do this. So I use my phone for just about everything. My phone is my notebook. It's my, my workout log. It's, it's where I coach people from. Um, I video clients all the time. I get video of them to, to help them to show them their progress and to, to, to advertise my own business and all that stuff. So the phone is a tool that needs to be used. Absolutely, the phone should be readily available, but they should not have their nose buried in their phone while you're in the ring working and they're not even paying attention to you. That's completely unacceptable. So guys, just, just take into account where exactly is your coach's attention while you're performing in the ring, okay? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a huge pet peeve for me, oh, especially for sure. with new like strength coaches of or course. personal trainers, yeah, yeah. just having the phone in there yep. and not paying any attention. And sometimes they'll be timing people on their stopwatch, sure, sure, and yeah. I don't even like that. Yeah. I'm like, I would rather you use a, like a stopwatch right, right. or like get a rogue timer and do it that way. Yeah, yeah, that way, that way they don't even perceive that. Yep. Man, is he really on his? Uh, you know, is he really yeah, timing yeah. me or is he just checking on Facebook? Facebook right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And exactly. Get, and getting it down. Exactly. So just just be wary, guys, of where your coach's attention is because, I mean, even if if it's been a few weeks and you're great at front rolls and your coach sends you into the ring to do some front rolls and it's just like a busy exercise or even if it's a warm up or whatnot, he still needs to be paying attention to you guys. I still want to know. How good is that front row compared to week one, week two, week three? So, yeah. I mean, yeah. it takes that one cue with the good coach right. to make you phenomenally make it better. Click and yes. make sense. And all yes. of a sudden, you got it down. Absolutely. But it, it, it takes that coaching eye, and that's what you're paying him for. Heck again. Yes. That's exactly what you're paying him for. Otherwise, you could just do it on your own. Yep. Right? Yep. Absolutely. All right, guys. So, moving on. How about this one? They never listen to you. And I want to kind of break this down because there's a few different ways that this can kind of mesh out. So yeah. this relates to something that I mentioned earlier. If you come to your trainer and express something specific like maybe your knee hurts this week, maybe you didn't sleep well the night before, and the trainer doesn't take this information into account, you got a problem on your hands, guys. He, they need to be listening to you, okay? So I'm not saying that you're allowed to walk into training with excuses. You have responsibilities as well. You have to know that. But a good trainer should be able to spot whether or not what you're telling them is going to have an impact on what he had planned for you that day. If you come in and you say, I'm tired, I didn't sleep that well, you know, and a good coach is gonna be able, okay, well let's start up with some light warm ups. let's start up with this, maybe we do this instead of what I initially had planned for five minutes or something, and he should be able to tell, like, all right, like he says he's tired, I get that, but he's doing great, he's warming up wonderfully, we're gonna proceed as planned, no worries. He can push you through it because he's a good coach. Yeah, you're tired. Yeah, maybe we need to take 60 seconds of rest instead of 30 seconds or, or a minute and a half or whatever it might be. 
but he's fine. Now, there's also the other end of that where things are really going on in your life. You're working a double shift at work because you, you got to take care of business and do that as well. You didn't eat well the night before. That stuff needs to be addressed, of course, to prevent that from happening ever again. But if it did happen and you show up and a good coach sees that and says, you know what? We've actually really got to pivot today. We're going to do this instead, okay? And maybe you get warmed up to the point to where we can go back to the game plan, or maybe we really, really dial in this particular movement. Maybe we really, really try to do it this way instead, because ultimately, and I'm going to get to this later, I don't want you to get hurt, okay? Yeah. I don't want you getting hurt. I don't want you, you know, I don't want you coming in with excuses. Those are not allowed. However, if it's a real deal thing, a good coach is going to be able to spot it and control exactly what you need to do. Yeah, so if, if I can, let's repeat that yep. first one is they should have a plan, right? Yes, they should absolutely. have the program for you to hit. Yes. So the first question I always ask everybody when they come in is, how you feeling? Yes. That's the first thing I ask. So important. Because now I know, do I need to make any changes to the plan? Yep. You know, and you know, and then you'll get into it. Well, maybe they didn't sleep good. Maybe they didn't eat good. Yep. Maybe they, you know, did work at double shifts. You know, Absolutely. Like, yeah. or maybe we just, you know, tweaked something wrong. We took a bad bump that day, and something else is happening. Yep. So. But if you don't have the program, then right. if, if, even if they ask those questions, it's not going to matter because they don't absolutely. have anything planned yeah, to Absolutely. Begin with. I mean, for sure. You know, and and this, this is also in lines of, so like the other, you know, that's talking about somebody being tired and not drinking enough water and not being energized enough and blah, blah, blah. But there's also the signs of, well, what if this person really is injured? Like you said, maybe yeah. they took a bad bump. Maybe their knee hurts, their hip hurts or whatever. Um, if somebody shows up and says, hey, man, my knee hurts, and you look at it, and it's visibly swollen, and they're not walking very well, and the first thing on your game plan for that day as a pro wrestling coach was to have them do laps around the building, mm -hmm. hey, man, it's probably not a good idea to have this person with this swollen knee injury start running right off the bat. So maybe yeah. we need to do something else. Maybe we need to do some therapy on that leg. Maybe we need to do some stuff in the ring that doesn't impact the knee or whatnot or, or outside the ring or whatnot on the mats or something. Who knows? But... Definitely, if, if your idea was they were going to run, they were going to do some jump squats or something right off the bat that day, it's time to pivot. It's time to do something different. Yeah. Well, and a coach, too, again, mm -hmm. you can't just come in and complain. No. Like the coach, if you're paying, if you got to get the coach's coach, job. Yeah, yeah the yeah. coach's job is going to decide. So he may say, hey, man, I know it's hurting. Yep. What? Let me see you do this real quick. Like he'll, sure. he'll watch the movement and then he can make a decision. And even sometimes yep. the coach may say, man, I think we can do this. Yes. And they'll test it out a little bit harder until yep. until they figure it out. So I have a, like, so I will, I'll tell you specifically, like if I have somebody that comes in and says, ah, you know, my, my hip is not feeling great today. And I'm like, okay, well, I had squats on the agenda for today. So I'm like, how, how about this? Let's warm up. Let's get the hips nice and oiled up and warmed up and whatnot. And then we're going to do a set of squats. And I was going to have you do eight, but I want to have you do four. Okay. So they do four squats. And then I ask them, how do you feel? And they're like, ah, my hip's tight or whatnot. And I'm like, are you in any pain? And they're like, ah, you know, maybe a little bit. And then I, I'll, I'll if, if I have to get into pain, then I'll be like, okay, well, on a scale of one to 10, where are you at? Are you a four? They're like, nah, you know, I'm in the three, four area. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's do another set of squats then. That yeah. sounds okay. That's manageable for me. Yeah. So we do another set of squats. And I say, okay, let's do six this time instead of four. Let's do six. And I say, how are you feeling now? Better, worse, exactly the same? Yeah. If they're feeling exactly the same, we're going to proceed a little bit more. If they're feeling better, which is oftentimes the case, yeah. once you actually start movement and addressing mm -hmm. that specific area, a lot of times they're going to be like, well, I was a four, but now I did two sets of squats, and I actually think I'm at like a two now. Yeah. Like, 
awesome. We're going to sets of eight, sets mm-hmm. of ten, whatever. If they're like, you know what, that hurts like crazy, and I am at a six out of ten in pain now, cool, let's adjust. We're going to pivot. We're going to do something different. Listen to them. Be a coach. You know, Be someone. Now, we're talking about really, really good trainers here who can control this stuff on the fly, and that's yeah. great. And it all relates back. That's why we started with it, to having that plan and being able to pivot, having side options if you need it, whatnot, for what we're going to do. Yeah. And I'm going to make this statement, yeah. but I, I want to make sure everyone listening understands that uh-huh. you, you know, you're paying someone to right. train you. So whenever someone pays me, right. I work for them. Okay. Absolutely. But that has to be the mindset yeah. of the coach and not the mindset of the trainee telling right. the coach that. Okay. Right. So I want to make sure that's very clear because yes. if, if someone said that to me, I would just be like, you're done. Yes. Right? Yes. So, yes. 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 But just that on a good coach, their mindset is going to be, you know, they're paying me. I'm working for yep. them. I'm giving them my best, yep. right. To get them the results that they're paying me for. Absolutely. So keep that in just, you know, kind of keep that in mind. I think if we, I don't know if we have any coaches listening, if we have any coaches listening, man, that yeah. that's, I think the best mindset to have. Oh, it really think, is. And if we do, like, I'd love to hear from him. Head, yeah. head over to the group and, and, and give us a shout-out as a coach because I'd love to hear um, any perspective from actual pro wrestling coaches or, or fitness coaches in general, yeah. the, the coach mentality of working with students. So, all right, guys, I'm, I'm going to move on a little bit from that one. So always listen to your student. You should always be listened to, okay? So we're, we're, I'm really sp- we're, we're here to speak to the students primarily. So as a student, if you're going to courses, if you're going to classes, if you're working with a coach or something, a pro wrestling trainer, and they're never listening to you, they're always brushing you off, you need to think about that, okay? Yeah. You need to think about that. All right, moving on to the next one. So, singling students out to criticize publicly. And I'm talking about really, really in a bad way here, guys. So one of my biggest pet peeves is singling out students from a group and criticizing them publicly with embarrassment in mind, okay? so. Not just critically analyzing something particular that someone was doing wrong, letting, making them aware of it in front of a group, and then informing the whole group on how you can prevent this from happening. That's great. That's constructive criticism. That's being a coach and working on the fly and whatnot with a group. That's no, there's nothing wrong with that. But taking a specific student and constantly criticizing them right out in the open in front of everyone with really the intent of embarrassing them is not okay. That's not a coach, that's a bully. So there are ways to address problems in front of the group that benefits the group as a whole, just like I was talking about, but taking a personal issue with the student and constantly using them as your punching bag, you know, uh, in front of the entire rest of the class, in front of their peers, is not the way, guys, it's not. So if you're training as a group and you see your trainer constantly picking on one specific student, and I'm not talking, it might not be you. You may be the ace student in the whole class, but if you're looking across the room and your coach is constantly like patting you on the back and he's super happy with you because you're perfect, but he is just a nightmare to this other guy. And I'm talking not a nightmare in a way that's allowing this guy to learn, but a nightmare in a way that's making this guy embarrassed to ever step foot in a class ever again. You don't want to be coached by someone like that either, guys. Okay, So if they're constantly pulling one person out and just hammering home trying to embarrass them, we've got a problem there. All right, so yeah. It, yeah. 
he should be treating you and your peers equally the entire time and using any kind of mistakes that happen, you use that as a, as a coaching opportunity to help the entire class as a whole from what maybe you shouldn't do. Yeah, yeah, and, and if it does need to get more critical and, and yeah. a, a good coach should be pulling you into the office. Absolutely. Individually. And addressing saying, hey, personal yeah, yeah. issues. And saying, hey man, this is this is what's going on and I need you to fix it or, you know, but addressing it personally. There's all different ways to go about that because I have, I have some pretty strong opinions about group training as a whole because a lot of times what you do is you get a group of kids in and maybe you start training five or six students at a time and if the entire class is progressing except for one person, that's when you take that one person, you pull them into the office or wherever, you pull them off to the side at the end of class or whatever, or you call them in on a different day and you say, hey, here's the thing. Like, um, I'm only comfortable if you continue with the group classes if you also come in at these times yeah. and do some solo mm -hmm. half hour, hour courses on your own because we have to get you caught up to where they're at. You know, that that's sometimes you need that hardcore one on one training to get prepared for group training. Yeah. Because group training, it's hard to really give each individual person love. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's tough. And that's just it's, that's it's the really nature hard. of it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, getting those, those, Bringing them in off to the side and being honest with them as the coach, as their mentor or whatever, and being like, hey, we can do this to get you ready for where you want to be. You know, that's yeah, nothing and, wrong and with that. Man, and we did that all the time mm -hmm. whenever we had, we would run some group classes at a, a gym that I had. Yeah. And if we had one person that just was, one, they just weren't up to everyone else's standards right. yet. And we could tell that they weren't enjoying it. Right, like, right, right. you know, like they could because they felt like they were behind. Right. And, and we would charge them more on this case. Sure. We would say, hey, I, yeah. I want to set you up for six weeks. Yeah. You're going to come see the coach twice yep. a week. It's yep. going to cost a little bit more money, and then we'll move you right back there. But I want to, you know, but yeah, yeah. that's you're coaching them. To, they're going to get, they're getting their money's worth, though, you know. Yeah, yeah, we did that a handful of times. Every one of them did it, and every one of them joined the group, and then were caught up automatically. Right. And that's, yeah, good absolutely. coaches. Absolutely. And do results that. matter, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so if you're a student and yeah. you have a good coach and he says that, man do it he is has your best yes, interest your at best heart. interest at heart i mean that's exactly he wants you to get where you're wanting to be you know absolutely all right guys before we move along i want you to head on over to youtube you know we got a youtube channel you can subscribe you can click that notification bell on youtube that way anytime we post a new video you'll be aware right off the bat so just head on over to youtube type in how to become a pro wrestler and you will find us right there all right guys so here we go moving on down the list Here's something that I never want to see a coach do, and that is refuse to acknowledge the different styles of pro wrestling. So pro wrestling is a wonderfully diverse art form. You've got American, you've got Lucha, British, Japanese, and more. There's uh, far beyond that, okay? So there's we've talked about this before, but there's calling it in the back, and there's calling it in the ring. Um, you know, there's marathon matches, there's Broadway time limit draws, and there's sprints that are just dead out, six minute crazy sprint matches and whatnot. There's squash matches. There's all kinds of different things out there, different variants that you have to be aware of. So, being an expert is one thing, right? So by all means, stay in your lane, teach what comes naturally to you, train your students specifically in what you're great at. If you are, if you are a tried and true, you know, big man in wrestling. If you're a six foot five, 300 pounder, and you had lots of success doing that, and you are really good at training other big men to do the things that you did, that's awesome. That's great. Like, if you have a grasp on the fundamentals, for one, and then you have this expertise in one certain area, and you can coach that, coach it. What you don't do is outright ignore 
the existence of other styles. So if you're a student and your coach is just outright completely ignoring the existence of other styles or even worse, he's dogging them entirely, it's time to seek a different place to learn. So if you've got a coach that is telling you that you gotta call it in the ring, it's the only way, you should never ever try to do it any other way, you should never learn how to call it in the back, um, never do it any different, um, he is setting you up for failure, guys, before you even begin, okay? So you have to be aware and conscious that these other styles and variants exist. If they can help you learn them, that's great. If they can point you in the direction of another coach that can help you, that's even better. But what they can't do is dog and tell you to completely ignore a certain area of your sport, all right? So if your coach tells you that, you know, luchador wrestling is bad, it will never make you money. You should completely ignore it and forget that it ever exists. You got to get out of there, guys. That's not a play. That's not a person to be around. And you know the the some of the older school guys get a bad stigma for this for saying like you have to call it in the ring or, or being a being a comedy wrestler will never make you money. Blah blah blah. These things have to go away, guys. You have to be aware that all these different styles exist. All these different styles can make you money. All these different styles do need to be learned. Because um, you never know, guys. You never know. You may think, I think I've, I've talked about this before on here when it comes to developing a character, but you may think that you are destined to be the most serious, hardcore, you know, um, uh, wrestler of all time. Like, just straightforward, just, just uh, you know, no funny, nothing at all. And then all of a sudden you turn out, like in real life, you're one of the funniest guys around. Everybody loves you for your humor and your personality. So you express that in the ring, and all of a sudden everybody loves you and connects with you. You never know, guys. You have to be aware of all different styles. And if a coach is trying to drag you away from a certain area that maybe you even naturally gravitate to, yeah. you got to be wary at that point, guys. So pro wrestling students and coaches alike, you know, they need that white belt mentality. Constantly learning, always open to new possibilities. Always learning. Yeah, there's always something to add, you know, from strength coach perspective. Sure. You know, I have to know a little bit of everything, you know, I feel right. like, so I can coach it. And if not, sure. I have to have someone in my network to be able Absolutely. to send that person to. But if you look at uh, MMA, yep. a mixture of everything, you know, you got to yes. learn a lot of stuff. Um, if you look at, I think, for the fitness industry, like CrossFit, it's like yeah. basically a mixture of everything. It really is, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah, hybrid. Yeah, a little bit of everything. Imagine a, wrestling is too. An, I mean, it's an MMA a coach. Imagine an MMA coach that was just like, we're gonna we're gonna make you the greatest boxer of all time. You don't need to worry about being on the mat and grappling. Who cares? Right. Yeah. Who cares about that? And don't then, worry about checking a kick. Yeah, yeah. You just, you're yeah. not worried about that. We're gonna teach you. To, we're gonna teach you to throw the greatest right hand of all time. Yeah. And you're never gonna learn how to do anything else. Like, I mean, there's 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 a point to like your coach being a master of teaching you the right hand. That's great. Mm -hmm. But completely neglecting, and that might just mean like, hey, I don't have any expertise in checking a leg kick. I need to send you to this guy. Yeah. I need you. To, I need you to do this or whatever. Like, that's another whole thing in general. It's when it comes to ignoring and dogging those things that it becomes a real issue, guys. Yeah. So never, never go to a coach that has just completely pigeonholed himself in one area and neglects all the other ones. Mm -hmm. All right. So areas that you can't neglect. Here we go. Here's one of the biggest ones, and one of the reasons we even created this podcast or this this company in general is yeah. ignoring. The basics. Yeah. So if day one of your pro wrestling training is spent on the top rope, you might be, you know, you might be in the wrong place, guys. So the basics of pro wrestling transcend all styles. All those styles I was talking about earlier, from lucha to Japanese, etc. So think about a pyramid, okay? When you look at a pyramid, 
The basics are your foundation, that giant wide base that holds everything up. There's no way it's gonna flip on its head. It's your, it's your foundation. You need that solid base to build up upon, okay? To create the rest of your character. So when you have a firm grasp of the basics, you can compete in any country, with any language, in any style, and you can hold your own because you'll have that universal language mm -hmm. of pro wrestling. Work in the basics, work into the left and all those different things that we do in pro wrestling to make sure that we can transcend languages and styles. That is where any pro wrestling trainer has to begin, grasping the basics. So if your coach doesn't have his basics under control, there's a good chance he's only coaching you as a quick source of money, guys. There's, there's, there's a great, great, great possibility that he's just trying to get some money from you and be done with it. So it's not his passion or goal to take you any further than, than just getting some money from you, showing you a couple tricks, and kicking you out the door. All right? So ignoring the basics is something that cannot be tolerated in a pro wrestling coach or pro wrestling trainer. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. That, and that goes across the board with uh, fitness sure. trainers, strength coaches, or anything. But getting the basics and doing them like yeah. really, really well. Not just like learning it for a few weeks and then moving on to the next right. thing, but like perfecting Perfect the, basics. the basics. That's how you stay safe. There, there's, there's so much that the basics offer besides for just that universal language. They keep you safe in the ring at all times. They allow you to kind of branch out into every single different aspect of what could happen in the ring. At a, at a moment's notice. So yeah. if, you're, if, you have a, if you go into a match with a game plan and your game plan goes crazy, as long as you've got those basics, you can get somewhere. You yep. can get back to your game plan or you can get somewhere different if you need to. All right, guys. So let's move along. Got the next one on the list here. So how about they refuse to share any knowledge with you? So there was a long-standing tradition in the early days of pro wrestling to not, quote-unquote, smarten up new performers. So... Now, I understand the need to keep certain things on the down low until a student has progressed to a higher level of skill. You know, like there, there are certain times when you need to teach them one thing before they can learn another. So you don't have to, you know, don't overload them with extra crap right off the beginning. But today's, you know, era and whatnot, um, you, you can't keep that mentality as a coach or you can't, as a student, accept that mentality from your coach that you can't teach your, your students every little aspect of the business. At that point, you're just setting them up for humiliation, guys. You, you have to be willing to coach them through every aspect of the business, not just trying to keep them dumb to everything that goes on in wrestling. So um, a coach who pretends you are stupid and unaware of the nature of pro wrestling is more interested in stroking their own ego than they are of teaching you. And I've seen that firsthand, guys. Someone who basically just treats pro wrestling like it is the most hardcore real sport on earth and they never speak any other way to you. They are basically presenting a character to you at that point, guys. And you have to be really, really wary of that if they're not backing it up with all the things we've already spoke about, teaching you the basics and, and listening to you and all that good stuff. So a coach's intent should be to elevate a student even beyond their own level of ex experience or fame, right? So if I'm coaching someone, I want them to get above and beyond any place I ever made it. That would make me so happy. If I can push somebody to the next level, that's the greatest you know, achievement I could ever ex expect as a pro wrestling trainer, is to help someone get to the level, you know, achieve their dream. Yeah. That's what I want them to do. So hiding information from them 
is not the way that I'm going to achieve that. I want to keep my all my students smart and intelligent and prepared to learn anything from the basics and beyond. So yeah, yeah. If you're asking why, which mm-hmm. you know, as a coach, you get that question Absolutely. a lot. It's like, hey, why are we doing this? Right. And you know, you want to make sure that they're sharing the knowledge. Um, yeah. Now, and and you made a good point though. Sometimes whenever I'm coaching something, and they'll say. Yeah. Hey, coach, you know, why are we doing this? Yes. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. hey, we're doing this, or why can't I do this? It's like, we have to learn this first, yes. you know, and then you'll understand how to do make, this. Make them aware of that. You know? yeah. yeah, but it's, yeah, making them aware and passing that little exactly. piece of knowledge, like, learn this, and then go here. Don't, but Yeah, it's, it's, it's building blocks. Don't, just, don't treat them like they're stupid and make them think that you're hiding something from yeah. them. Be like, hey, we're going to get there, okay? But first you've got to do this, and then I'll get you to there. You know? yeah. Absolutely. All right, guys, so i got a couple left on the list. Let's hit you with this one. So... How about a coach that offers you nothing beyond the actual wrestling? So being a professional wrestler involves something very specific, making money. That's where the word professional actually comes in. Okay, so if your trainer has zero insight with regards to how and where to find bookings, you're gonna need additional training, okay? So a great trainer will offer advice like saving your money, uh, taking that money and reinvesting into your own gimmick and your travel and all that other kinds of stuff. So networking is a crucial piece yeah. of becoming a successful pro wrestler. That comes with locker room etiquette and advice on traveling. All these things are so important to all levels of pro wrestlers, whether you're just getting started or, or you're, you're years into it. So a great pro wrestling trainer is going to be able to offer you something beyond just the physical entering stuff. He's also got to help you learn how to to save and spend your money, how to network with individuals, be that the other wrestlers, the referees, the, the camera people, the bookers in general, the promoters, all that stuff, all different opportunities to network and branch yourself out, branch your own person out to different areas of pro wrestling and growth and make money and become a professional. Yeah, and if they don't have, if they cannot maybe answer the questions yeah. or not giving you um, you know anything beyond just right. that wrestling basics, yeah. they at least should be able to send you to someone sure. or say, hey, let me see, let me give yeah, you yeah. this guy because he was great at selling stuff, man. Absolutely. I mean, and then so they should be able to send you somewhere. They should have an answer for you. Absolutely. And, and it happens with me, you know, it's happened with me before where somebody has, I've, I've, help someone learn as much as I can help them learn about, say, merchandising or the gimmick table, the, the merchandise table, whatever. And if I want to move them beyond that, I have a few contacts that I know that I that are experts at that, yeah. that are great salesmen. I can help you create a great merchandise table, no problem. However, when it comes to certain aspects like, like, like t-shirt variety or, or maybe graphic design or whatever, um, or maybe like how to take it actually to a really more niche advanced level, mm-hmm. I'm going to send you to somebody that's got more expertise in that in mind. So um, I'm not just going to shake my head and kick you out the door. I'm going to help you out along the way because I want you to grow. I want you to become a professional and a success. Mm-hmm. All right. So I got one more on the list, guys, and this is probably the biggest one. Yeah. Honestly, it really is. And I buried the lead a little bit, but I want to leave it with you because like we always say, you know, this is the finisher of the match and I want to hit you home with this. This transcends pro wrestling in general but you know this is the goal of any coach but uh, especially in pro wrestling because that's where we make our living so here it is guys here's a good pro wrestling coach they do no harm that's a good coach so if you are experiencing a coach that is harming students in any ways i'm going to break some of those things down or they don't have their personal health in mind you've got a problem guys so the ultimate goal of any coach 
And I think this one, like I said, transcends all pro wrestling, strength training, speed work, Olympics, everything. A coach should do no harm. A coach's ultimate objective should be to create long-term health and benefits, professional benefits for his student. A coach should be trustworthy and reliable. I, no one that has ever trained with me should ever have to second guess whether or not they can ask me for advice or a question or, or anything. They should never think like, ooh, I don't, I don't know how he's going to treat me if I tell him about this or whatnot. Yeah. I want to be trustworthy and reliable no matter what situation you're in, especially if it relates to the specifics of pro wrestling. So a coach should put his student's health above all other aspects of the training. That goes back to everything we talked about earlier about listening and being a coach and analyzing, you know, um, assessing right there on the moment, writing your plans in pencil and erasing and pivoting if you need to, having backup plans in order, all those great things. A coach is doing no harm. He's not harming you physically, not getting you into a situation where you're going to actually get hurt, and he's not harming you, you know, um, successfully or mentally or financially by not you know, allowing you to learn a certain aspect of pro wrestling, like we talked about earlier. He's not harming you financially by not providing you with any help whatsoever when it comes to networking or whatnot. There's all different ways, you know, that harm can come from. But ultimately, a coach has you at the front of his mind and all aspects of your training. He wants to progress and help in the world of pro wrestling. Yes. So, absolutely, guys. I hope you learned some great things today. I'm going to kind of wrap things up here. But um, we've talked about some really cool stuff today that I think makes and breaks pro wrestling coaches. Okay, So, you know, there are some amazing pro wrestling coaches out there. But unfortunately, you know, when it comes to quality, a lot of times, you know, the bad can kind of outweigh the good. And, uh, you know, there are ways that you can spot those bad coaches, guys, though. Okay, There are ways that you can spot those bad coaches and get out of a less than satisfactory situation before you lose money, lose hope, or get injured. I'm not going to name any specific names because we're, we're tying things up here. I don't want to name any specific names, but I have some very, I have a very close friend who tried to achieve his his goal, his dream of becoming a pro wrestler, was mistreated by a very poor pro wrestling school, and just decided it wasn't for him. And it took him two years to ever try again. And now he's a pretty successful pro wrestler right now, uh, actively, and making money, doing what he loves to do. He spent two years deciding that it wasn't for him, though, because of one bad school. That is a legit personal story that I have. Like I said, I'm not going to name names, but, man, that is a frustrating thing to think that he essentially lost two years off of his life as a pro wrestler. Two years of his pro wrestling life were just tossed to the wind because he had one bad instance and he just thought that's the way it was. He thought, wow, the, you know, he, he blew money and time, had a bad experience, and just decided it wasn't for him. And that is a crazy thing to think about, guys. Think about just two years of your life or two years of your dream just blacked out and tossed. You know, that's a terrible way to think. And as a coach, I would never want that to happen to anyone. So... All right, guys. I hope you learned some great stuff today. I love this conversation. I think it was a really great one. I want you to head on over to Facebook. Just type in at How to Become a Pro Wrestler and join our private Facebook group. I want to hear about any of your experiences. Have you been to a pro wrestling school? Did you have a bad experience? Did you have a great experience? I love to hear great experiences, too. 
name a great coach. Yep. Name, you know, that's fine with me. Absolutely. I'd love to hear from them as well. So head on over to that group and let us know what you thought about this episode. Um, any of these topics you'd like to branch out upon or like to hear us revisit or you have some personal experience with any of them, please let us know. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast, where we teach you the skills that you need to go from your living room to the main event. And don't wait for your opportunity, guys. Take it.